Hey there, Can Kings family. I'm Dan Hoppen. Alongside me is Caleb Hack, and thank you for checking out this episode of Beyond Sunday Sermons. This is our weekly look back at the weekend's message at King of Kings where we further examine what was preached and add maybe a little bit of context and just kind of what we thought about, you know, the message and some things that were sparked in our minds. And this weekend, we continued our sermon series on the book of 1 Thessalonians, which has been really eye-opening for me because this is a book that I hadn't really camped out a whole lot in before. It's it's a small book, you know, kind of easily forgotten. What what have been your takeaways from the first couple weeks, Caleb? Yeah, it's been really cool to dive into this book and really one of the only positive epistles that yeah. is written <laughs> because the Thessalonian church, you know, by all accounts were crushing it. And so Paul's writing to them to let them know, hey, I miss you guys. Like you're doing really awesome and I want to encourage you. And so it's been cool to just take that encouraging word along with this sermon series. Mm-hmm. Again, to provide just a little bit of context, this is a very small, very young church, probably just a couple months old when Paul is writing this. And and like Caleb said, Paul planted a lot of churches in the New Testament. A lot of his letters to them are like, guys, you're, you're losing sight of what I taught you. You know, you need to get back on the ball. But the letter to Thessalonica is like, man, you guys have it. This is sweet. So this week we waited into 1 Thessalonians 2. Uh, Zach Zender gave the message. And as he pointed out, this chapter kind of provided an interesting message in context of 1 Thessalonians 1. The first book kind of challenges us to ask ourselves, what am I known for? Whereas the second book says more or asks more, excuse me, what are we known for as a church? And interestingly enough, uh, Zach kind of examined kind of the start of First Thessalonians 2 and found King of Kings four values, like not hidden, but inside of those verses. It was really cool to see him pull those out. And if you're not aware, King of Kings core values are reliant, courageous, authentic, and generous. So we got to start, start it with the big question, Caleb, what's going to last in this message beyond Sunday for you? I mean, always great to get back to kind of what those core values of King of Kings are and to be able to see the uh, biblical background for that and the context that we can pull from scripture um, is really cool. So I love that. Um, I love that there's a challenge to this message too, of being able to live out those values. So pulling that out of it, I think is really cool. Like how can we pick a way to improve on these values in our own lives? Yeah. These core values They were established, I want to say, four or five years ago. So before either of us came on staff, so I I wasn't a part of any like the conversations or anything. So as I have gotten used to these values over the last couple of years, I've been like, oh, yeah, these are these are great. But to actually see them in the context of the Bible and be like, oh, we're pulling strictly from these verses. It just like added a whole new layer of meaning to me. I thought that it was awesome. So I want to start with Reliant. Uh, because that was the one that Zach really highlighted. And he said, you know, if these four were in order, Reliant would be the one that would be first. And we pull from 1 Thessalonians 2, 2. With the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. What what stands out about the value of reliance to you, Caleb? 
Yeah, I like uh, that it's all about the gospel and it's about who Jesus is because when we can rely on Jesus and know that our sins are forgiven, he died for us and forgave us, you know, we can feel like, oh, we can do anything. You know, it's being able to trust God in any situation is kind of how I see reliance. No matter what comes up, we know that we have a God that we can fall back on, a God who, I mean, even goes before us and prepares the way for us. I love connecting different parts of the Bible, especially Old and New Testament. And as I was reading this and preparing for this podcast today, the Israelites popped into my head. Back in the wilderness, they'd been freed from Egypt. You'd think that they'd be all happy and jazzed, but they were complaining out out in the desert because they they said they didn't have enough to eat. So um, Moses and Aaron petitioned God for them, and God said, "Okay, I'll give you guys manna every morning. It's going to be out there. It's going to be like the special bread for you on the ground, and you can take a certain amount. You can eat it throughout the day, but don't try and save it because I'm gonna. You have to trust me to give it to you tomorrow. And of course, some of the Israelites tried to save it because." They were dumb and that's what they, I mean, I can't really make fun of them. I do a lot of dumb things too, but anyway, they, they tried to save it and it got moldy and gross and there were maggots in it. And the lesson was God said, you know, I'm not just going to pour a bunch of blessings out on you all at once. And then you have to save them and hoard them where it's under your power, but you need to be reliant on me day after day to know that I'm going to come through tomorrow that bread is going to be there. It's uh, you're never going to wake up and not have that there. To just have that daily reminder that we need to not only acknowledge him, not only love him, but fully rely on him. I just think I mean it's just such a cool lesson not just for the Israelites, but as we look forward for us too. Yeah, God provides in the day to day and it's not like you said all at once all the time. He's not a, a genie in a bottle. We've kind of used that analogy before. It's not like God's going to give us whatever we want whenever we want, but he provides exactly what we need. I think there was a, a cool comparison Zach made to um like a nursing mother and a baby mm-hmm. and how that's just a relationship of total reliance. That baby needs the mother. It's a give and receive situation and that's how it is with God too. You know, he gives to us and we receive and so to be able to accept his his blessings and rely on him for those is awesome. And what what was amazing is I was like kind of reflecting on this a little bit. And I've been on staff for almost three years. I cannot remember one time where God has not come through in something that we've done, whether it's financial, whether it's a big event that we're putting on. I mean, time and time again. He has shown up at King Kings. And that doesn't mean that we can just do whatever we want. You know, we can throw money around or or host giant events and be like, well, God came through last time. He's going to come through this time. You know, like you said, God's not a genie. But we have relied on him and we've tried to do things that, you know, we pray about and we believe he wants us to do. And he has been so faithful. Something we're going to talk about more is, you know, our new Northwest campus. But I mean, that's been a huge one and that we didn't totally know what we were doing, but we were reliant on God to help us figure it out. And I mean, here we are, we're five or six months into it now and it's thriving. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's not always going to be the way you like think it's going to look necessarily, but he does always provide. And it's super cool to see that with these other core values too, and how they tie into our life here at King of Kings. And for anyone who belongs to this church, or even if you're a guest or just listening for the heck of it right now, it's like, hey, this church has a place where God is working. And these core values are the foundation of that, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You're ready to move on to the next one? Absolutely. Courageous. So we find courageous displayed in 1 Thessalonians 2.1, where Paul writes, You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. What stands out to you about courageous? You know, I think it was cool to see the story of Paul and compare his courage and the way that he went on these missionary trips and planted churches, I mean, all across um, the Middle East over there, like his courage is something to look at and to be able to live by faith with courage in that way is huge. And this is, I think, one of the ones where, where I've thought, hmm, this might be one that I could challenge myself on a little bit more because I think I live out my faith in the day to day, but I don't always have the courage to go out of my way to profess that or to share it or to speak about my faith with others. I would totally agree with that. This was honestly like pretty challenging for me uh, to kind of have to come face to face with that realization. I mean, especially when you work in a church, you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing God's work all the time. Like this is literally what I do for my profession. But when, you know, I was actually thinking about how courageous am I for Jesus, it was, you know, it, it was a little eye opening. And that's something that I feel challenged on this week. I think one of the things Zach talked about, too, with this was being courageous. You have to be able to sacrifice and put aside your own preferences and put others first or put God first and stepping out of your comfort zone is not easy. And I think we're very, very comfortable, especially here in America. You know, we like to live our life in comfort. We have all of the amenities at home and, and, you know, we go to work, we come home, you know, we just spend time with friends. Like that's all we do. We don't always step outside of our comfort zone. So that's the the challenge there is to meet a new person or talk to a guest you see at church or something like that. Just go out of your way a little bit, you know, and God's going to move through you. The Holy Spirit's going to work. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I like to tie different portions of the Bible together. So I was trying to think like, who is an example of a courageous biblical character? And the, the first one that comes to mind is David. And he did many, many courageous things. Obviously, the first of which we think of is defeating the giant Philistine Goliath, even when he was just a teenager. And so I, I went back and I was rereading that passage and I was like, why was he so jazzed up? Why was he able to do this? The passage that really stuck out to me is when he is talking to Saul, who is the Israelite king. And he said, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. First of all, Jesse, my guy, 
let's be a little bit better of a parent. If your son is encountering bears and lions out, out in the field by himself, maybe, you know, let, let's give him a hand or, or do something. But that's not the point here. <laughs> the point here is God had been preparing David all along by giving him smaller challenge. I mean, it might not feel like a small challenge to defeat a bear, but compared to Goliath, it was. So God had been giving him challenges that had just progressed him and progressed him until he was ready to face this really big one. And I think if we look back through our lives, we can see similar things. Even when we come up against things that require us to be courageous, there have been steps and training along the way where God has been kind of laying the breadcrumbs saying, if you follow this path and you just progressively become more and more courageous, when that big one comes, you're going to be ready for it. I think courage maybe starts with trust. You know, you trust God with your life and you can be bold because of that to step forward. And I think it's this balance of looking forward. What's next? What am I going to do? But being able to also look back and see, here's how God has already worked. Yes. And I can see that and know that I can have the confidence to go boldly. So much so. Okay, let's get to our third one. I'm really excited to talk about this one. This is generous. So this is pulled out of 1 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 4. You know, we never use flattery, nor did we put a mask on to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. So we cared for you. And we just had an incredible display of generosity just this past weekend. That was at night to shine. I mean, generosity in terms of, again, I should provide context. Night to Shine is a, a prom-like event for special needs kids uh, that King of Kings hosts every year. It's part of the Tim Tebow Foundation. But we have hundreds of honored guests that we bring in, and we just try and show them an amazing time. And... Yes, there's a ton of work that goes on on the King and King side of things to set this thing up. But without the generosity of the time that our volunteers give us and the amount of money it takes to make this thing really special and make these kids feel honored, it's a lot. But our congregation is so generous that they've stepped up to, and allowed us to do this for the past four or five years. Caleb, I know you were a buddy. You were a buddy last year. You were a buddy again this year. I would love for you to just kind of speak on that experience and let people know what their generosity created on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. This was uh, my second time being a buddy. I got to do it last year too. Yeah, like you said, everything that goes into it too, I want to preface it with all that because I think there's like over a thousand or close to a thousand people here on campus for this event. It's insane. It's huge. So we had over 220 honored guests here. Um, and we had, I think probably around 500 volunteers and then parents of their guests could come too. So, I mean, just 500 or more volunteers is like a ton. And it's, it's amazing to see, you know, just the different churches and different high schools and college students and, and all these people coming in. I think like the whole entire West side football team came Amazing. So cool. And so for my experience being a buddy, just one small part of that is I got to be one-on-one with somebody um, who had a special need and they just 
enjoyed the the night so much. We got to do fun events. I didn't do as much dancing this year. I did do a lot of dancing. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to do more dancing than you oh, did man. the year before. Yeah, last year it was only dancing. But this year I did get to do a few other things and see uh, my buddy's face light up when we went on the limo ride and uh, a song he liked came on in the limo and and to get a, a a balloon animal of a dog that he got to carry around with him um, and to, to pet the service dogs. He was all about the dogs, which was cool. And then to dance, just to get out there and to have so much fun where we can just let loose and um, to see it all come together. I mean, it's a huge, huge way that King of Kings is incredibly generous to maybe a group that's marginalized in, in society uh, frequently. And so to be able to provide um, in that way uh, so that people can see the love of God and see that King of Kings cares. You know, the question of the the message series is what are we known for? Like King of Kings specifically, what are we known for? I think generosity is up there. You think Without about a doubt. Night to Shine, All In. It's really, you know, throughout the year, there's all kinds of ways that, that we're generous and giving back to our community. And it is awesome to see the big events and the monster checks at all in and stuff like that. I mean, that those are just lavish displays of generosity. There's little ways too. That's exactly what I want to point out in that generosity doesn't have to be a big check or even a big devotion of time or anything like that. And I want to use an example from John's account of the five loaves of bread and the two fish. This is when Jesus gives a massive sermon. There are thousands of people in attendance and Jesus wants to feed them. And he tells the disciples, okay, we we need food to feed these guys. Someone who I don't think gets very much credit at all is the little boy who's got these five loaves of bread and these two fish and he brings them. And this is probably his lunch for the day or maybe even his family's lunch. And he gives them to Jesus And then, of course, Jesus multiplies that, uses it to bless all the people. Many, many people are brought to faith. And we focus so much on that amazing miracle, and maybe we even focus on the disbelief of the disciples. But I focus on the generosity of that kid, saying, I don't have a lot. I definitely don't have enough to feed 10,000 people or however many there are here. But here, you can have this. Whatever you can do with this, go for it. And I'm just... The more I think about that, the more blown away by it I am. Well, that, I think that's almost a, a full example of all of these four values. True. I mean, the kid is relying on Jesus when he asks him for his food to to get what he needs. He's courageous in giving. He's generous in his giving as well and authentic, which is our final one. <laughs> wow. Beautiful segue, Caleb. I love it. So in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, this is where Zach kind of pulled into authentic Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Authenticity, um, I mean, it is just so, so critical. And I I see it all the time as the, uh, the director of connect groups. Connect groups can be, they're small groups of people that meet throughout the week, um, And you can have a great group that's very surface level, just kind of sticks to the biblical topics. But where you start to see life change and life transformation is when people are authentic. When they take their masks off and they say, you know what, this is what I've done. This is what I'm struggling with. I need your help, guys. That is when you just, I mean, it's incredible 
the things that people can and will do for each other in those situations. What what sticks out to you about authentic? Yeah, I love what Zach said about we all fall short and we all need grace. And so to be authentic is to recognize that about yourself and about others, to be able to say, okay, maybe I've made mistakes or maybe my life's not perfect. You know, maybe I have these things that I'm struggling with. And I want somebody to walk through that with me. And I want to walk through that with you because there's more for us and God's going to provide. And no matter what's happened in my life, there's grace for every situation. Um, I think it's, it's really interesting too, like all these things and authentic and all of the values, you know, it's very counterculture because we want to put on our best face. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, post only the best pictures on exactly. Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. We, we want to be somebody maybe that we're not. And so we create these images in our head or um, we have this idea of who we are and what we want to be to other people. And sometimes we project differently than who we actually are inside. And to be able to share who you actually are, the deep hurts, the pain, to be able to to take that step and be honest is where we find healing, where we find friendship, where we find um, relationship and reconciliation. And that's what God wants for our lives. I couldn't agree more. And I I think one of the best examples in the entire Bible is from Paul himself. I mean, this guy is a master preacher. He is like, other than Jesus, he's the MVP of the New Testament. I mean, he wrote so much of it. He planted so many churches. This is a dude who has seemingly unshakable faith. And yet in his letter to uh, the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 2.3, he says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. That doesn't sound like a super powerful preacher. That's not something that anyone would want to admit that you're nervous and scared and cowering. And yet Paul emphasizes that to say what I'm doing in this ministry is not on my own. I'm relying on God. And through my authenticity, I want you to see that what I'm doing, any of you can do as well. And that's kind of the beauty of these four values. And we've kind of touched on this a couple of times, but they really weave together. I mean, they're not independent of one another at all. Usually when you talk about one, at least two other ones are pretty much present in that conversation as well. Yeah. I love that. These are the values that we have here at King of Kings and the backbone for that is scripture and God's word who he's the perfect example. I mean, Jesus set the example and the tone for us. So if we follow him, if we're making disciples and being disciples in this way, just imagine the transformation that will come from that. It's phenomenal. Okay. So now the second question, how do I apply this message to my life? And I think, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier, Zach challenged us to identify these four core values, again, reliant, courageous, generous, and authentic and say, you know, not only which one am I doing well with, but which one am I struggling with? How could I level up my game here? Were there any of the four, and you might have mentioned it earlier, but that stood out in particular to you? Yeah, I kind of was going between, I think, courageous and generous for me. Probably both of those I could work on. Um, I think first I would I would maybe start with the courageous because 
I mean, I live in an apartment and we were talking about this even a little bit before, like my apartment complex does amazing events and I hardly know my neighbors at all, you know? So to be able to go to these events and get to know some people, to step out of my comfort zone and say, Hey, it's nice to meet you. What do you do for work? Oh, well, I work at a church, you know, just take that step to get to know somebody and share my faith and be courageous. I think that could be a really cool way to see God work through me. Yeah, I I think that would be awesome. It, it is hard, but I think that the payoff could be worth it. And I, I identified the same thing. I mean, obviously, I don't thrive in any of these four. We're still working on getting better in all of them, but I think courageous is the one or I have the most improvement. So I've got a challenge to myself this week to to go talk to somebody about Jesus that I never have before. You know, even if it's just as simple as, oh yeah, I work at a church or somebody sees my cross necklace. Usually when someone comments on that, I'll be like, oh yeah, it was, it was a gift for my wife. And I give credit to Sarah. She deserves credit. It's a really cool necklace, but that's an opportunity to say, you know what? Yeah, I wear this because I believe in Jesus and he means everything to me. That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Take a breath. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, you just, you don't know how that other person is going to respond, but they could respond very positively as well. And even if they don't respond well. It plants a seed. It plants a seed. And my God has done so much for me that he deserves that courage and that response for me. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Ken King's family, that would be our challenge to you this week is, Look at those four areas, reliant, courageous, generous, and authentic. Kind of soak in what we've talked about today. Kind of think about which areas do I do well in and which ones could I use some improvement? And the ones that you could use improvement in, think of one thing that you could do this week. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be giving five loaves of bread. (laughs) Figuratively, you're probably not actually giving that to anyone, but something small that you can do to push yourself forward a little bit. And I think you'll find God will keep giving you more and more opportunities uh, just as, as you go. Um, thank you, Caleb, so much for, for joining again today. This is a good one, I think. Absolutely. Let's keep living our faith lives beyond Sunday, King of Kings. 